Well, I wish you a very good morning. It's uh, a wonderful morning to gather together with the Lord. My wife Anne and I are very happy to be back here. It's uh, been just a little bit over a year since we visited you, and a lot has changed in our life. We've come back from Africa, settled into life once again in Australia, uh, and enjoyed uh, the fellowship with our brethren there. Uh, we've had a great blessing of a, a beautiful granddaughter. Uh, Elizabeth and Jamie had a little girl called Ruby May, and so we're enjoying the, all the aspects of being uh, uh, grandparents. We're, we're learning that new role. And so the Lord has been good to us. The Lord has been extra good to us, allowing us to come together with you today uh, to worship God in spirit and in truth. It's just, it's just the most marvelous thing. And I was thinking about it. You know, the brethren in Australia have already finished their uh, Lord's Day morning service. Uh, the brethren in Africa, where we were, have finished as well. And I was thinking probably on this day, on the Lord's Day, every hour of the day there would be some Christians gathered together to worship God. That's a great encouragement to me. And I believe it should be to you as well. Because over in Australia, we're very small. The, uh, the people that know tell us that the, the, the city of Perth, the capital city of the state of Western Australia, is the most isolated capital city in the world. Well, that would just about make the church in Perth, Western Australia, the most isolated church in the world. <laughs> there is only one congregation that worships faithfully. But that is it, that you look at it in that way, in one way, and it can seem to be you know, a little bit sad and a little bit depressing. But you look at it, the fact that we are a brotherhood, that we are brothers and sisters in Christ in the truest sense, made so by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter where we are. There are faithful Christians who are serving God in the same way that we are. And so we don't need to be discouraged. We need to be encouraged to know that there are thousands upon thousands of faithful Christians that Christ died for, and they are living for him. So it's a great joy to be here, to gather together on this day, the first day of the week, with you brethren you know and I have a little theory <laughs> and you can tell me afterwards what you think about it you see the Jews they were asked to worship on the seventh day of the week the last day right on the Sabbath well we Christians are asked to worship on the first day of the week and you see, this is my theory, that the Lord has chosen for us to begin our week in worship to him. And beginning our week, he wants us to continue our week to put him first. First in all that we do. So this needs to be a reminder for us as we gather on the first day of the week, that we put God first. Not just on Sunday. You know, there, I know people, I, I, when I was in the denominations, uh, I know this is how it worked. You went to church on Sunday, and then what you did on the rest of the week, well, that had nothing to do with what you did on Sunday. You just live however you like. But we're not like that, right? We gather together on the first day of the week. 
the first thing we do is we worship God. I, I met with a, with a brethren in, in Kenya in a little place called Barabar, and they worship at 7 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because they said they don't want to do anything else on a Sunday morning before they worship. It really is the first thing. That needs to be our focus, to put God first in all we do. So what I'd like to study with you all this morning is two sisters... And I think we can all see ourselves reflected as we read the stories of these two sisters, Mary and Martha. These were, of course, the sisters of Lazarus. And the Bible tells us it makes special mention that Jesus loved Lazarus and Mary and Martha. It seems to me that whenever Jesus went to Jerusalem... He didn't stay in the city. No, he left the city before sundown, before they closed the, the gates. And he went to a little village called Bethany, just a few miles down the road, and stayed in the house of Mary and Martha. They were very close to Jesus. He loved them very much. But in their story, what we're going to see is we're going to see a great deal of growth and a great deal of faithfulness. This is, this is one of my favorite stories, and, and I hope that, uh, that you're able to get a great deal out of it. So first of all, let us go to our Bibles, turn over to the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to read the first account of, of uh, Mary and Martha. We find it there in Luke chapter 10. We're going to be reading verses 39 uh, through to the end of the chapter to 42. <clears throat> and we read there, now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to the word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparation, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You know, sometimes we think that way back in the first century, everything was different. We just wouldn't recognize things in the first century. You know, they don't have cars, they don't have air conditioning, they don't have central heating, they don't have cell phones, they don't have computers, they didn't have all of that stuff. Life would have been so different. I don't think that's the case at all. People are people. They always will be and they always were. The situation that these people that we're reading about here is no different to the situation that we have today. We read about Martha. She was worried and bothered about so many things. I know there are a lot of people here that can relate to that. I can. We live in this fast-paced world where everything is just flashing by us. And it's really hard to concentrate on those things that are important. This is the situation that we see in this household. 
And it's a situation we deal with every day. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at these two sisters. We're going to have a look first at Mary and uh, see what she is like. Learn something from Mary. And then when we finish that, we'll go back and we'll learn something about Martha. Now, I want you to notice what we, when, we, when we read about, uh, about Mary, we read in verse 39 there. <clears throat> it says, And she had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to the word. I want you to think about that. Imagine what it would be like sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, listening to his very words, his teaching. It's thrilling reading them as as we study the scriptures, as we look through the gospels, reading of his words. But can you imagine sitting there and there he was speaking to us. I I can imagine the love that that was just... It's just coming out of him in his, in his voice, in the way he, he used his words, uh, in the way that he looked, in the way that he made his expressions. I can imagine the, the gestures that he made. What a wonderful blessing that was that Mary had. You know, she truly was a disciple of Jesus Christ. In Luke 6, verse 40, it says, A pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone after he has been fully trained will be like his teacher. We need to think of ourselves as disciples of Jesus Christ. We need to sit, as it were, at his feet and listen to his words and learn from him. Study what he says For our goal, our aim is to be like our teacher. And the only way that we can do that is by carefully listening to our teacher. So here we have a wonderful example of what we need to do today. You know, for many people, that this Christianity thing is a part-time thing. That's wrong, my friends. If we are disciples of Jesus Christ, it is not a part-time thing. You know, there are many people who come faithfully to hear the words on Sunday morning. Sunday night, well, we don't need to go there. That's different. Wednesday night, well, I've got lots of things on. I'm a busy guy. I don't need to go. I go on Sunday morning. I hear the words there. Really? Can you imagine? Can you imagine for a minute having that sort of attitude if the Lord was teaching from the pulpit? I heard him on Sunday morning. I don't need to go tonight. (laughs) I don't need to go on Wednesday. How foolish would that be? How sad that attitude is. That's not the attitude we read of Mary. Oh no, here she was, sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to the words that he taught. Another Mary, on the day that Jesus was resurrected, Mary Magdalene, we read in John 20, verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. He is our teacher, and we are his pupils. We are his disciples. 
If we look, go back to uh, the text that we were reading, uh, and after Jesus has spoken uh, to, to, to Martha, he says, but only one thing is necessary, in verse 42, for Mary has chosen the good part which will not be taken away from her. That's what we need to do. We need to choose the good part. We need to make the decision to sit at the Lord's feet and listen to the words that he has for us. Let's move on now to the next passage where we read of uh, Mary and Martha. And it's found in the, in the Gospel of John. So turn over to John chapter 11. And we read there of uh, the death of Lazarus. You remember the passage where Lazarus dies and Jesus goes after a while and he resurrects him out of the tomb. Let's start our reading uh, uh, over in, we'll read verses 1 to 3. Lazarus, uh, in uh, John chapter 11. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was Mary who anointed the, the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters uh, sent word to him saying, Lord, behold, he who you love is sick. So we're reminded of the story. You're reminded how Jesus delayed and he told the, the disciples that they're not going just yet because Lazarus has fallen asleep. And they said, well, why go at all if he's just fallen asleep? Why don't he wake up? Uh, and he explained to him how you know, Lazarus has died. Now that tells us something about uh, our future as, as Christians. Our death, as it were, if we're faithful, is only a temporary state. For we look forward to the resurrection, the resurrection that Jesus Christ had as the first fruit, and we will follow him. But anyway, Jesus goes and uh, travels to Bethany, and uh, when he arrives at, uh, at the gravesite, Lazarus is already dead. So we pick up our reading in verses uh, 28 and 29. Let me see. Okay. Then when she had said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, the teacher is here and calling for you. And when she had heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still in the place where Martha met him. When the Jews who were there uh, with her in the house, sorry, then the Jews who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary got up quickly and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came to Jesus, when she saw him, she fell at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, see, Mary had a tremendous faith in Jesus Christ. Not only was she a person that sat down and listened to him, she heard him and it went within her and she gained this faith in him. And she, she knew in her heart that if Jesus had been here, if he had been in Bethany when Lazarus was sick, he would have healed him. She had no doubt. This was a woman of great faith. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, we read that, uh, Now faith is the assurance of things hopeful, the conviction of things not seen. So not only is Mary a disciple of the Lord, she is a woman of faith. And so we go on. 
to the next chapter, chapter 12. And we've already read a, 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 a little bit about this in the first part of chapter 11. It refers to this passage. We see there in John chapter 12, verses 1 to 7. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving. But Lazarus was the one. Uh, uh, but Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples who was intending to betray him, uh, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor people? Now he said this not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief and that he had the money, uh, and he, as he had the money box, and he used to pilfer what was put into it. Therefore Jesus said, Let her alone. So that, we may keep, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you, for you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. So we see this beautiful picture of Jesus in, back in Lazarus and uh, Mary and Martha's house. And uh, Martha anointing the Lord with this extremely cost, costly perfume. We see the love and adoration and the service that Mary had uh, for, for the Lord. And it kind of reminds me of what happened on the day, or on the night rather, when Jesus uh, was, was betrayed by that Judas Iscariot. You remember, uh, Jesus cleansed the disciples' feet. We read in John 13, verse 5, Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. We, as disciples of Jesus Christ, have to be servants. The lesson that Jesus gives us in the passage of the washing the disciples' feet is a lesson of service. And we see this in Mary and how she serves the Lord. She takes something of precious value and with that she anoints the Lord. Jesus says, he, she's preparing me for my burial. I guess she didn't understand what that was. She did it out of love, service and adoration to the Lord. What a wonderful example that Mary is for us. We can be like Mary. We live in a busy and... Uh, 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 and, uh, uh, and worrisome world but we can follow this example we can learn a great deal from looking at Mary's example she was a loving faithful, faithful disciple and we can learn from her so let us now go back and have a look at her sister Martha it, which I find the study of Martha just a fascinating study. We go back to where we started in Luke chapter 10. Uh, and we read there uh, in verse 38. As they were traveling along, they entered a village of a woman named Martha. Uh, sorry. I'll read that again. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. 
Now, we can, we can say that, well, Martha's got all sorts of problems, but I think we need to really be honest about this. She was a good woman in many ways. She was a very hospitable woman, and this is something that we can all learn from. In Hebrews 13, verses 1 and 2, it says, Let the love of the brethren continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. The Bible teaches us very clearly that we need to show hospitality. You know, we have very good examples around us of people who show hospitality, but sometimes that leads us to think that we don't need to do it. Other people are busy showing hospitality. We all need to be people who are welcoming our brethren and others into our home and showing hospitality. So here we see this, this stranger who, who Jesus was at this time. They didn't know who Jesus was. But this stranger came into town and the first thing that Martha did was she opened her house to him. And as I said at the beginning of the lesson, that's something she continued to do. She continued to show hospitality to the Lord. And throughout this passage, we see that's what she's busy doing. You see, Martha not only invited him into uh, her home, but she was busy cooking a meal for him. But notice the terms that Luke records as this for us. Now, we got Mary, okay. We remember Mary's there sitting at the Lord's feet, being a wonderful disciple. Now, Martha, she's got a different character, you see. She sees, well, you know, these men, Jesus and the disciples, well, they've probably traveled a long way, and you know, how are they going to keep doing this wonderful work they're doing if they're not fed? So she feels that she has to feed them. So she's back there in the kitchen. And we re notice what it says there. But Martha was distracted with her preparations, and she came to, the, to him and said, Lord, do you not care what my, that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. Well, I can just imagine the scene in the kitchen. You know, here she is, here's, here's Mary, she's opened up a home. Oh, you know, this, I know this is something I should do, and I'm very happy to do it, and I'm going to cook them a meal. But where is that Mary? And I can just imagine there'd be a pan banging down here, a plate bashing down here. Here am I left to do all this alone. And then, what's Mary doing? She's just sitting there. She's doing nothing. And here am I doing all the preparation alone. You see, what she did was she turned something that was very good into a distraction into a stumbling block for her. And so she goes in, and you can just imagine her. She's got her hands on her hips, and she's saying to the Lord, you know, this is what you've got to do. <laughs> Excuse me. This is the Lord, Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. And he says, well, tell her to help me. <laughs> you see, Martha has an awful lot of learning to Here's Mary sitting at the Lord's feet. And Martha's telling the Lord what he has to do. Just tell her to help me. And so Jesus says these words. And these, these words come to me. 
Maybe you can replace Martha's name for your name. I know I can. <laughs> Martha, Martha, you were worried and bothered about so many things. Yeah, it fits. There are times when I am distracted, when I am worried, when I'm bothered about things that really have no importance. Did Jesus ask Martha to go in there and cook? I don't think so. Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, and it shall not be taken away from her. What was it that Mary was doing that Martha wasn't? She had chosen to serve the Lord. Her service was by listening to his words. That's what he wanted. He wanted to teach her. You see, and we need to choose the good part. Yes. We have busy lives, but we need to put God first in all that we do. Yes, there are things that will distract us. There are things that Satan puts in our way to stop us from focusing on the Lord. But let us not be distracted. Let us be like Mary and choose the good part and put God first. So let us now go back to our John 11 passage. We studied there and we looked at Mary. Now you remember that we read about that, uh, that uh, when Mary heard that the Lord was coming, she rushed to him and Mary said that, Lord, if you had been here, uh, our brother would not have died. Well, let's see what we can learn about uh, Martha in this passage. Uh, okay, let's, let's go to uh, John 11, start reading in verse 21. <clears throat> Let me see. Okay, we're going to be reading uh, from verse 21, and we're going to go all the way down to uh, 27. Okay. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, he will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. When she had said this, uh, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she'd heard it, she got up and was quickly coming to him. Now just think for a minute. We've looked at Martha in, uh, in Luke chapter 10. You know, this banging dishes and pots and just being worried and distracted. It's almost like we see a new woman here in the words that, uh, 
that she says to Jesus. She's the one that first goes out to Jesus. And, and she says to him, uh, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's the same words that Mary said. Exactly the same words. But she adds to them, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, he will give you. You see, I see a change in this woman. See, she had been told that Mary had chosen the good part. I see a change in Martha. Now we see great faith in her. Jesus said, he will rise again. So what does Martha say? I know that he will rise again in the resurrection. You know, here we have a very firm conviction from this woman that she understands the resurrection on the last day. She has no doubt that her brother, who has lived faithfully, will rise again. We're reading of a woman of great faith. You know, there are not many passages up to this point where we read about this faith and the resurrection. But we read about it in this woman, Martha. And so Jesus says that wonderful passage, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? What is it that, Mary, that Martha believes? What is it that Martha truly believes? Yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. Martha gives the good confession there. <laughs> well, what a wonderful passage this is. What a wonderful passage that talks about the faith of this woman. What growth we see in Martha. Yeah, she had problems back there in the kitchen, banging pots and carrying on. But now we see a woman who's strong and faithful, who understands who Jesus is. We see a woman of great faith. So we go now to chapter 12. You remember where Mary anointed the Lord's feet with this costly perfume. What can we read of Martha? Let's, let's read um, this passage again. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made a supper for him there. And Martha was serving, but Lazarus, who was, the one, was one of those reclining at the table, Mary then took a, cost, a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. And we go on and we read the rest of it. You know, there's only one very small passage about Martha there. We, we could, we could kind of dismiss this whole thing. Well, you know, it, this passage is a passage about Mary. We finish with Martha. I disagree. The parallels between this occasion and the first are great. Here we have Jesus coming into their house. Here we see Mary sitting at the Lord's feet. In the first occasion, she was serving him by listening to him. And this occasion, she's serving him by anointing his feet with uh, this, this perfume. And we have Martha, who in the first occasion showed us an important part of her character, her hospitality, 
how she invited the Lord in. And here in this passage, we see the same character, this hospitable woman, and she was serving the Lord. She was not distracted. She was not worried. She was not bothered about many things. She was serving the Lord to the fullest of her ability. She was serving the Lord with hospitality. She found a way to serve that was pleasing to the Lord and showed her true faithfulness. What a wonderful example of growth in an individual. That's what the Lord wants from us. He wants us to serve him in whatever way we can. We're all members of the body. Don't forget that. And we all have a job to do. We all have a role to play. We all need to serve the Lord daily. How do we do that? We do it the way that Jesus tells us. Mary chose the good path which will not be taken away from her. Mary chose to put the Lord first. And that's what we need to do. We need to put the Lord first in all that we do. Yes, we do have jobs. Yes, we do need to go to school. Yes, there are a lot of things that we have to do. There's family obligations, there's work obligations, there's school obligations, there's all sorts of obligations. But what is most important? What do we need to put first? We need to follow Mary's example. We need to learn what Martha learnt to put God first in all that we do. Brethren, as we gather together here on the first day of the week, remember, we are putting God first today. What about tonight? What are you going to put first? Is there a game on the television? Is there a restaurant that you need to go to? Is that really important? Or are you going to become like Mary and Martha and come and sit at the Lord's feet? What about tomorrow when you're at work or when you're at school or when you're around your home with your kids? Are you going to be worried and distracted about so many things? Or are you going to remember the Lord, what he did for you? Put God first on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday throughout the week. Choose the good part. This is what Mary chose, and this is what Martha chose. This is what we need to choose. Choose the good part. You see, Jesus is, has given all for us. Think about it. Jesus, I guess, could have stayed in heaven in that exalted position which he had before he came down to earth. He could have Chosen not to come down to earth, but he came down as a servant. He didn't come in a king's palace to be served. He came as a lowly, lowly servant. And if we've forgotten that, think about when he washed his disciples' feet. He didn't have anywhere to lay his head. He came to serve. He gave up everything. And in the end, he gave up his life. 
And as they hung him on the cross, as that cruel crown of thorns had been thrust into his scalp and the drops of blood were coming down from his wounds there, as the nails were hammered into his hands and his feet, as the, the blood was seeping out of his body from the, from the whipping that he had, Jesus was hanging there on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they knew. Even there in this pain and agony, Jesus was given his all as a servant to us. Jesus has given us everything. What are we going to give him? Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who disbelieves will be condemned. Jesus has given us everything for this life and for the life to come. What about you? What are you going to do? Have you, have you taken the step that Martha took? Have you made the good confession before men? I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Have you repented of your sins? Have you been baptized into Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of sins? Jesus has given us everything. He has given us all. All we now need to do is obey him. If you're here today, perhaps you haven't been baptized into Christ Jesus. My friends, if you have not been baptized, you are still in your sins and you are condemned. But Jesus Christ died so that we do not need to be condemned. He is the resurrection and the life. He has promised us that. How do we receive that? Through our faith, repenting of our sins, confessing the name of Jesus Christ, and being baptized by immersion in waters. The Bible teaches us when we rise up out of the waters of, you, uh, the waters of baptism, we rise to walk in a new, newness of life. We have our sins forgiven. Perhaps you're here today and come straight away from that straight and narrow path. Well, my friends, you need to come back. You need to come back to the Lord. You need to confess your sins and ask for forgiveness of the Lord. Maybe you need prayers of the brethren for another reason. We have the invitation song now. If you need to obey the gospel, why don't you come forward as we stand in the If you need the prayers for any other reason, Please come forward to it.